Is that good? Yeah. Okay. It says we're live. Let's see if it's okay. true. Let me see. I'm going to mm. check real fast. Oh, okay. Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah, we're good. Hello, Jenna. Producer Jenna. Producer Jenna. I like Hello, that Hello, Matt Newman. It's, it's way more respectable. Uh Oh, is there an echo? Shoot. Is there an echo? Do you hear an echo? Echo, echo. I don't hear an echo. Okay. It's probably that... New Zealand internet connection. Probably. I know I have. Are we going to do Barbie first or Witcher first? Just so I know how to title this for TikTok. <laughs> huh? Are we going to do get into Barbie first or do you want to get into the Witcher first? Oh, I don't. I don't know. I have more to say about Barbie than I do the Witcher. So. I don't know if that means anything to you, but I, it's kind of crazy that in you know the year of our Lord, 2023, I have more <laughs> to say about a Barbie movie than I do about The Witcher. Yeah. I say we'll do Barbie first, and then we'll do Witcher. How about that? Uh, sounds good to me. Um, Jenna, it's not the lesbian car. It's the crazy white girl car. But everybody, everybody in Asheville drives a Subaru. Literally everyone. Um, but there's a reason, and it's because they're actually really good cars. So, plus, I you know I was thinking to myself today, Joseph. I was like, I wonder how many uh, Subaru drivers uh, carry guns in their car. <laughs> 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 I I feel like I feel like um, it's not many. But maybe that's just where I live more than anything. All right. I'm not going to. Should we limit our audience to 18 years and older for TikTok? Uh, I don't know. I mean, we don't curse, so I think we're pretty good. Yeah, we should probably be all right. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I don't know what, what those those mean or whatever. All right. We are live, and now I can actually do the chat now, too. So yeah, that's nice, <laughs> Jenna. The, so when I bought the Subaru yesterday, uh, the the guy who was um, uh, helping me out, he goes, "Well, now like all Subaru drivers, you must listen to public radio." And I literally looked at him and started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Nah, man, I'm good." <laughs> that's too good. Yeah, it's been a. I'm kind of. I'm kind of glad we waited until Friday. Yeah. To do this review. Uh, um, I'm glad too because I've had no time. Yeah, Matthew. To answer your question, TikTok does see the chat. As well, just so you're, just so you're aware. Uh, um, I think it'll be fine though. I mean, it's so yeah. small. I'm not sure anyone's really going to be paying too much attention to that. But. Uh, but yeah, no. So I'm glad that we wait until Friday because it, it, it helped me think more about everything with Barbie, uh, with Good. the movie. So I, I'm more so. I've been intrigued all week. I'm waiting to hear what David has to say. <laughs> so did we decide to do that first? Yeah, yeah. We're gonna do Barbie first, and then we'll save The Witcher for last because I think it's important 
to bring up why to to the good people uh, watching us and listening to us right now, why underneath our name it says politics ruins everything. I mm. think that's apropos for Barbie. What yeah. do you think? Yeah. Um. Before we do that, would you like to tell the lovely people, whether they're watching live or listening to this later, uh, about our value for value system? Yes, I do. So our value for value system is a monetization model that we use to, oh man, I messed that up. Let me (laughs) ask me again from the top, David. (laughs) Hang on, we're rewinding. Okay, okay. From the top, ready, Uh, go. All right, so our value for value model is our monetization model that we use to build our community. Basically, what it entails is that whatever value you think you're getting from our TikTok, YouTube, podcast, everywhere and anywhere you listen to us, whether if it's our long format reviews or our, or our clips, what value do you think you're getting from that? Is that worth $1, $5, or $50, or 500 Only you can determine it. And so basically, the value for value system is a way that you can donate back to us for our content in the form of your time, talent, and treasure, treasure meaning money. And just keep in mind that any donations that you give, you automatically will become a producer for the corresponding episode. Donations of $100 or more give you the associate executive producer of the podcast episode. Donations of $200 or more give you the executive producer credit. And these are credits that are legit that you can put on your resume, IMDb, anywhere these credits are accepted, and we will vouch for them. Speaking of which, Miss Jenna is a <laughs> producer of this episode yes, of the Underground Podcast. And the other ways that you can donate isn't just through your money. Uh, obviously, that helps us the best because it helps us to keep the lights on. But as well, you can donate you know, through your talent and your time. That can be any uh, editing skills that you have. That can be creating thumbnails for us. Anything and everything you can think of that you think that you have talent in, you can donate to us. I mean, we've talked about this many times before on the podcast, like with the No Agenda podcast, uh, they have an entire uh, merch shop separate from them that donates to their show uh, every once in a while. And so it's kind of the same thing here. We don't want to get lawyers involved in anything like that. Just, you know, we keep it on the honor code. All right. Well... Uh, I think, too, we'll probably make Jenna a producer for the next episode as well because um, you have informed me that the person who donated right before the show was Jenna, even though it had uh, a completely different name. Um, So, Jenna, you're more than welcome to confirm that in the troll room if you'd like, and uh, we will give you another producer credit on next week's episode as well Um, for that. I think it was like... Uh, five dollars something donation so um doxed <laughs> okay um i uh i i i sent joseph a text message and i said hey is this jenna's first name and he goes why do you want to know and i was like well that's a yes <laughs> um so i that that'll just be the way we typically do it so donations i think will will be cut off for the episode maybe what do you think, Joseph? Like, you want to do 24 hours before, 12 hours before? We don't have to play it, like, betrayed. We don't have to play it that close to, you know, it doesn't have to be, like, a hard and fast rule, I guess, but um, I feel like... Yeah, 24 hours. Probably you know what I mean? Good. 24? Okay. 
So tw- about 24 hours before uh, the day that we go live, uh, whenever that happens to be, uh, will be the cutoff for producerships for that episode. And your if you donate after that, it gets carried over to the following episode. Um, don't yeah, forget... Basically, that- 7 a.m. on Monday, any donations received every Monday after 7 a.m. will be pushed to the following week, not we're- that day. Yeah, that, that sounds good to me. Um, don't forget that... And I just wanted to, to mention this, and then we're going to get into the show, but uh, one of the reasons that we like to ask you guys to um donate through paypal is because youtube has a ton of we're just kind of at this place right now where if you do a super chat the money essentially gets locked away from us until we reach a certain cap and then we're allowed to take the money out um and not only that but youtube takes about it's 30 percent, right at least last time i checked last Um, time we checked i think it was like 30 or 40 (laughs) uh <laughs> crazy so yeah we're uh how you know listen y'all are free to do however we're, we're thankful for it no matter what um the idea behind it though and the reason that we are currently using paypal is because it's the most accessible for us uh they take the least amount of profit uh for transactions um and the money is pretty much automatically available to us so that's and and it's really easy to take that and split it into accounts when the time comes but we're nowhere near that we gotta be able to actually like fund the podcast yes (laughs) a long cash app cash app Um, does work jenna i guess yeah i guess we could we could do those as well um i know people have like a ton of problems with paypal which i get but whatever way is the most convenient for you for us it's okay how can we do two things? It's decrease the the fee that we're giving to these that these companies are taking from money you're specifically donating to us. And then two, how can we support these companies as little as possible? Right. So Yeah, yeah. And that that's that link is specifically set up for uh PayPal. Yeah. Um and Cash app probably would be good to. I guess at some point we should just make accounts on all of them, right? <laughs> yeah, cash app, Venmo, just make it easy. For just everybody. for yeah, yeah. That way it's like dealer's choice or whatever. Um, for now, one of the reasons we like doing it this way too is because if everyone's going to all of these different places, that means that's like four or five places that we now have to go into and figure out what's going on. So um, simplicity is kind of the name of the game right now. Um, yeah, all right, absolutely. Well. Politics ruins everything. We're talking about Barbie. Um, all right, so I I think our plan originally was not to watch this. Like, I really didn't have any interest in it. Um, I think even before we kind of talk about the the messaging in this, which is going to be an interesting discussion. Um, this movie was not made for two men in their 30s. Uh, and, unless yeah. uh, you are um, going specifically for Ryan Gosling and for... You, you get what I'm saying? Um, yeah, like and, if, you, if you like a particular actor and you're going just to see another movie they're in. Yeah, um, 
I was more Although going like if has. if you are uh, homosexually attracted to <laughs> Ryan Gosling, you probably uh. <laughs> would have would have gone to see this. Um, beyond that, uh, this is a really interesting movie uh, for a couple of reasons. It is killing it at the box office. Um, it's Dude, over killing. killing it. It's over its projections and. On a hundred million dollar budget, I on a hundred million dollar budget, that roughly, right? We know that that, yeah. But even if like we we put in the two times the two point five, whatever the case may be, um, on on budget, uh, it's already making money. It it's it's in the green at this point, and its trajectory seems to be staying pretty steady. Like the movie's doing qu- quite well, um, and it's it's a really interesting thing to look at from that perspective because and the reason I decided I wanted us to talk about this uh was because uh Brittany Venti did a live stream and I didn't watch much of it because I was trying to kind of stay away from a lot of uh what was in the movie uh like I had told you when I was like hey maybe we should actually do this we might as well you know hop on the train and and talk about you know what is probably the most popular movie out right now um uh, she she was talking about political brain rot, and I thought that was a really interesting thing to say about this movie because there were a lot of people in conservative circles, and as many of you know, we are not exactly fans of the Daily Wire um, here That's at the Underground. You, 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 love, <laughs> you love Ben Shapiro, don't um, lie. But, you know, he was getting uh, memed to death because he brought, like, a notebook to take notes <laughs> at the movie. Um <laughs> Which that is didn't really bother me that bad. No, it didn't really. But I get why it's sort of like, bro, you have a phone. Like you, <laughs> you don't need to. You know, it's like he's kind of hamming it up, right? Um, and I saw little bits of of his review, and what's happening, right, is that a lot of people are are calling the movie woke, which you and I have discussed at this point that we don't like using the word because it doesn't really mean anything anymore. Um, yeah. I, it's funny you bring that up. Go yeah. Ahead, um, and <sighs> there is a reason people would say that about this movie. Um, and I don't think all of it is unjustified. Um, and I'll I'll say this about the Barbie movie: if this was made fifteen years ago. It might have been good. There's yeah. there's stuff in it that works, um, yep. but there's a lot there's a lot of stuff that doesn't. And it again, um, a lot of it comes back to the writing, and then the icing on top of it is a lot of the the messaging in it, if you will. And the thing about the messaging in this um, is that it's really confused. I. I I'm gonna be yeah. honest, and 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 maybe you you see this a little bit differently. Um, <laughs> I, I'm also not, <laughs> Jenna's like I can't believe Daniel saw this. Did you go to a theater? Um, yeah, I, will twice, ne- I will neither confirm. I will. <laughs> I will ne- neither confirm pink, nor deny lie. whether I went to the theater to see this. I got um, the pictures. Use your imagination. <laughs> That's um, why he bought that Subaru right after. Oh, yep, yep. It just, sorry, guys. I'm a I'm a mole now. Got him. Um, 
where were we? Uh, yeah, okay, so the messaging is is confused. It, yeah. It seems to be wanting to tell... And do you think she's setting that up? Let, let me interject. Yeah, for sure. With that, op- with that opening scene where, you know, they're on, uh, <laughs> I would say Mars, but where they get it from, uh, what's the movie? Space Odyssey? Is that? Uh, yeah, Space Odyssey. Space uh, a spa- yeah. Uh, oh, crap. I can't, remember. I can't believe I'm forgetting yeah. the, name of the movie now. But she's pulling it from a Space Odyssey. The movie that released back in the 50s and 60s. Actually, I, wor- I watched it for the first time last year i want to say either last year or the year before that uh but anyway and so basically highlighting that what i was thinking oh there's going to be multiple subtexts to this movie right like each yeah you know as it progresses each scene there's gonna be multiple things going on and i think maybe i don't know i don't know if it's one of those one of those situations to where there was an attempt to be deeper than what it is or if it was just purely just trying to be satirical uh, see i don't i don't think it was just, there I'm, are there are times I'm when confused. it seems that way yeah i'm confused because I, I, well what i was going to say is that I, in defense of the people calling it woke when the director says herself this is a super feminist film regardless of what i may think personally <laughs> about the film as yeah. i'm watching it that's going to be in the back of my mind. Whereas if the director would have just not said anything and just be like, well, you know, there's feminist parts here, there's this and that there, then yeah, because there's times at which I felt like they were making fun of uh, of everyone, right? Sure. But I, then it's like, well, are they, though? <laughs> yeah, it it's very, it's, it's all over the place. Um, and... You know, because we are the number one neurodivergent podcast in the world, you can say this. It's a little spazzy in places with its messaging. Um, spazzy, spazzy, spazzy. Oh my gosh. Ah. Um, there's. It, 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 it does that, like, that feminist thing, right? So the entire world is a matriarchy, and all of the kins are basically second class citizens um right. they're they now, basically you, hang on sorry did, go ahead did, before, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, before before we progress did you want to get into you, you started talking about ben shapiro and the daily wire yeah and Brittany Venti. did you want to get more into that or were not you not really that? that's just sort okay, of the peppering on top okay so amiss all the dunking on ben ben yeah. and and the daily wire and everything like that i actually watched pocahontas this past week uh, because yeah. it was a movie my wife wanted to watch, and <laughs> I enjoyed it when I was a kid too. So I don't, I don't really, I have no shame in, in saying that. But so I watched Pocahontas, and I was just curious. I was like, uh, the guy who plays John Smith, I'm like, it sounds a familiar voice. Let me look uh-huh. up I, on IMDb, right? And it was Mel Gibson. Well, anyway, oh, I, I okay. found yeah, when yeah, I was yeah. searching, when I was searching, I found the Rotten Tomatoes scores, and I was surprised that the critics had it down in like the 50s i want to say and then the audience score was in like the high 60s and so i read a bunch of different critic reviews and a bunch of different uh audience reviews and for the most part what i found is like so many people were basing their opinion of the film based on things outside of the film like they thought Mm -hmm. it was going to be based on historical events and it didn't historically lined up and 
you know, that's but it wasn't goofy. actually based <laughs> on the film itself. And so that's yeah. kind of when approaching Barbie, because one of the things you and I, I think we, I think you mentioned it uh, a few minutes ago, we try and do is avoid everyone's reviews before we watch it and yeah. review it ourselves. We the, try and do those two things. The only review that I fully watched was the Critical Drinkers. Um, and that yep. was that was before I planned on actually seeing the movie. And um he's pretty he's pretty harsh on it and I I don't disagree, but I di- I just don't want honestly, I do, I just don't want to come at it from the exact same perspective because if you if you want a dunk session on this movie, there's like a hundred other people who have already done it. Yeah. Um, we want to come at it from an and, objective standpoint. Not that, that he wasn't being objective. <laughs> um th- I I didn't care for it. Um, but a lot of that has to do with what we typically talk about with this stuff, not necessarily the messaging. Um, because I've said yeah. in the past, if a movie is clever enough, um, well written enough, and the acting is really good, you can like the person who wrote it could be a massive communist. And I might still enjoy the film. Right. Um, so, all of that being said, there are things in this that, if they were done better, they, they would work really well. Um, I think Ken is the strongest portion of this movie, uh, which is probably going to get a lot of people uh, making uh, accusations. Yeah. Um, he's the most well-developed thing in the movie until the end. And they just completely, yeah, really they fall flat on their face with his story arc at the end of the movie. Um, and I, I guess no one who's here really cares about spoilers, but I'll, for the, the sake of it, we are going to spoil this movie completely. Um, and I guess really just starting uh, starting with Ken's arc, um, you know, we were, we were kind of talking about how, so Barbie Land is basically um, a matriarchy. Uh, yep. And to the it's not even sort of like well the kins are treated as equals they really are like second class citizens um someone in the troll room said accessories which i think is actually pretty apt um they are constantly like pining after the barbies because that's like their only purpose now a lot of people will be like oh my gosh i can't believe they did that in the movie and yeah, i'm gonna probably that's beta yeah behavior. <laughs> uh, and I'll, I'll i'll say this um it all depends on what they do with that and what they could have done and where they were try- it seemed like they kind of wanted to go this direction but i feel like they um they chickened out a little bit with the way that that all turns out is that they're kind of at one point trying to go for this idea of like your you don't have to be uh specifically like in this box right like you don't have to be trapped in this box of like ken and barbie are together right like uh, right. at, at one point, Ken's like, well, I don't know who I am without you. And they could have gone down this direction of being like, well, maybe it's time for you to find out. And they don't do that. What they basically do is have like this really awkward moment where he tries to like kiss Barbie at the end. And she's like, no, which, oh, dude, I'm going to be kind of all over the place with this because it, 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 it okay. kind of I, like I think, splinters. Um, I have a, uh, I have I have my own personal kind of like format I thought about in my head. And I wanted to ask you, 
what were you expecting this movie to be about or were you expecting anything prior to going to see it? I didn't really know. Even after watching Drinker's review, I had sort of an overview of what it was. And for for the most part, his explanation of stuff in it was right. But there was still a lot of stuff like, you know, he didn't go super, super detailed into it. Yeah. Um, so I had some idea, but it was still enough of a mystery to me that I didn't really know anything. Um, so I guess I guess I was kind of more so expecting it to be like the Lego movie. You know what I mean? Like a, a, a campy movie that's fun, that's entertaining. Yeah, there's probably going to be a bit of messaging in it. So what? Like, but nothing too on the nose, right? Uh, <laughs> and and that's not. For me, at least, at all, what we got, and that's, you know, yeah. their prerogative, and um, that's fine. I just think, like, for myself, there's so many things that's on the nose that you're you're kind of the that I think the audience is beat over the head with, even with the context, because I don't care about them talking about the patriarchy or about this or that, depending on what the context is around right. it, right? Because uh, you could be funny about talking about the patriarchy in a good way. Well, there's uh, plenty of yeah, there's plenty of stuff that they could have, and that's the thing is that like the jokes are crazy inconsistent in this. There were a couple times that I did legitimately laugh out loud. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, hopefully, this one doesn't get us uh, at eight, eighteen plus. But there's this one part where like they go out into the real world, and Barbie walks up to all of these construction workers, and she looks at all of them. And she goes, "I don't have a vagina," and then I'll just look at her. And I was so caught off guard by her saying that. And it, like, I I think some like real world context like comes into play with that, whether that was intended on their part or not. But I just I found that to be unbelievably funny uh, in the moment. Uh, but they're, 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 they're few. They're quite of like, I think there are like a handful of moments that are pretty funny. Yeah, it, but they're so few and far between because there are all these other moments where you can tell that they are trying so hard to land jokes and they fall flat. Yeah. And it, and it just, oh man, it, it's those moments where you're like, oh, this is, it, it just becomes cringeworthy. So it's like you're trying, you're, I'm sitting there watching this and going like, mm, you know, uh, it would have been more interesting if they the the Barbies weren't aware of the outside world. But and and this is part of the I know we're about to get into world building in the Barbie movie, but this is important because it you don't get to get away with it just because of the type of movie it is. And it's so funny. I'm I, I was watching it and and going like, okay, well, why do all of the Barbies know about the real world? Um, and they're just okay with that. Yeah. And they're they're okay with you know you know being manipulated that way, and then like you find out that the humans know too, and then like the FBI agent calls like a random worker, and not someone who's like at the top of Mattel. That it's it's really weird just the way that the movie progresses. Yeah, and the way that it's like they know. And they're like, like, they know that this is this real place or whatever. And like, we, you know, we don't ever really get an, I don't think we ever get an explanation of like why this weird alternate dimension with Barbies exists with their, counter, their counterparts. So, so the idea is that fantasy, why it exists, I don't know. But the idea about it existing is that it correlates directly with the human uh, girls that play 
with the Barbie. Yeah, and and, and so this there's that correlation. This was a, a point that the 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 drinker brought up that it's like okay, so you have this Barbie Land world, but then you have thousands and thousands of these Barbies who have gone out, and they're not they're not all there. Um, and they give you like an explanation as to like what happens to the crazy one, but what about all of the Barbies who had like limbs ripped off and heads ripped off? It's like does that just conveniently would, not happen to this it, spot it would have been funny on that note it would have been funny to have had a place in barbie land that was in like the dump like on fire it was you like the dark I mean? the dark secret yeah. of barbie land or whatever yeah <laughs> like See, the dark side <laughs> that's the thing about this movie is that the premise behind it could work you could have done somewhat of a dark comedy with decent messaging if this was done right and i you know i, I and what i mean by that is like you know th- you have the the crazy barbie uh stereotypical barbie finds out you know she starts having these problems and all of the other barbies like they obviously don't know how to handle the situation and um you know maybe they start kind of treating her weird or whatever because of that and she goes to see like the crazy barbie and then the crazy barbie's like oh uh that's because of the the real world or whatever and she's like what are you talking about and she's like well and you know they give their explanation for for all of that and so she has to kind of go on this this adventure kin comes with her and along the way you can have some of these ideas that they've got in there about like okay well you know maybe this whole like uh, idea that Ken and Barbie have to be together doesn't have to be a thing you know Ken finally one of the best <laughs> it's crazy dude this, this movie like is so disrespectful um to oh god whatever I'm just gonna say it anyway it's really disrespectful to men like it just and and not in like a, a poking and prodding kind of way like oh yeah it, it's definitely like that like it's it does this thing where it makes men in the real world out to be completely like one dimensional yes that there's no there's no um subtlety to humanity um as a whole because to be honest it doesn't really do a lot of good for for women either i don't i don't think it, um, it the movies seem to polarizing in the degree on how they yeah. characterize yeah people and there's men obviously right when they get in right when she gets in the real world it's just nothing but they're all well they're all like they're all like staring at her and 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 like one guy comes up and like aggressions yeah like one guy comes up and like slaps her on the butt and and i and i my first thought was is this the world that greta gerwig and um anyone else who helped her with the writing on this like is this the world that they live in like is this LA? Like I've never been to LA, and I and I'm I, I just just was like, because because comedy and storytelling and all this stuff it it is, um. Re- reality is a part of it, whether we're talking about fantasy or not. Um, all like, I all ideas have some bit of reality invested in them, and so when she comes out into the real world and it's so like black and white the way that they're seeing everything where it's like well this is this is what it's like to be a woman and I'm just kind of like all right look I'm not one but it, it is it really like 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 this for you all the time or is this a paranoid delusion of what you think it is and what you think the people around you 
uh, are doing all the time. It's like a right. ran- random guy. Like you know, Ken, Ken. Like Ken is still there when the like Barbie is, and like Ryan Gosling's like a pretty big dude, and I can't imagine someone would would just be like, oh yeah, right in front of what would assume be the boyfriend that you'd go and do something like that. That doesn't seem like reality to me, and so it's it's an odd story because they make out the real world to be just as fake as Barbie land in a lot of ways. Um, it's like way over the top. Like all of the executives at Mattel are just massive morons and it's supposed to be like for the joke, but it's more yeah. frustrating to me watching it than it is like, ha ha ha, look how stupid they are. It's like, oh, they're stupid. Yeah, isn't it so funny that they can't figure out how to get past the little... uh, th- uh security thing at the, at the front where Barbie just jumped right yeah. over it right in front of him. It's like, it's not, it's ugh. not my kind of comedy. You know what I mean? It, <sighs> it, it, it seemed, it, it seemed to try hard a lot, a lot it, of it in yeah. that regard to yeah. the Mattel corporation and Will Ferrell and his characterization along with Alan. Um, uh, the, I guess the stand in for the male feminists in there, the, the character that uh, Michael Sarah plays, uh, uh what was his name? Alan. Alan. <laughs> yeah. He's the only one that's not Ken. His name's just Alan. And so that for me it there's a lot of inconsistencies in regards to the film and the messaging it wanted to portray on the subtext layer rather than the main plot. Yeah. Orphan, you well, know. you know, people can say whatever they want, but like I actually felt for Ken. In a lot of it, like he has the most. Like Barbie doesn't have an arc in this. It, I'm kind of, I'm almost. I mean, Barbie should have an arc. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. I'm almost okay with it since she's supposed to be stereotypical Barbie. They say that at the beginning. Yeah, but they I like. I would have figured they, towards the end of the movie, <laughs> it would have been her, like trying to make, uh, Barbie Land or whatever it's called. Uh, Equal or right? like better, Equality. yeah. She's like, man, better, I, better in some capacity. yeah. She but sees also, what's going on in the real world and goes, oh, that's what we're doing to the kins. And I kind of thought that's what they were gonna, what they were gonna go with. That was like kind of do this like reverse thing, where it's like, oh, you know, we've been treating them as badly as we are portrayed as being treated in the real world, um, even though they went hard in the paint with that. Like, I think that's part of the problem I have with it is that they went so hard on, like, the patriarchy message in the real world that it's like, this is just isn't believable. It's like, th- this isn't life for for everyone. You know, it, it's, it, it's got this weird idea of the two sexes, and it's not going at it I think as hard as something like She-Hulk did or a lot of the other stuff that is is typically associated with this kind of messaging. Um, a few people in the troll room have pointed out that it does feel like stealth advertising where it was like, oh, look at this fun, pretty pink comedy for girls about Barbie. And then you get in and it's like there's lots and lots of um, just sort of like preachy ranting especially towards the end I, and 
and it, <laughs> go ahead. You brought up Brittany Venti earlier. I actually yeah. listened to a large portion of her live stream. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. And while I was watching Barbie, it's funny that she brought up the satirical part. Like that's how she was viewing it, right? As as satire. I was like, well, I tried to also view it that way. It just I don't know if is because I'm not. I've seen better satires. Land. If that's the case. Yeah, it just you know didn't land I mean? for me because of how overhanded it was. Yeah. And it and the context and subtext surrounding every single time they brought up the patriarchy, it didn't feel like a joke in a satirical and, way as in are, a I hate you type of yeah. you know, moment. And I could be wrong. I'm I'm happy to again, <laughs> we're not always right on everything. Sure. I'm happy to be corrected. There there are moments um where the satire sort of like works for me. So like when Ken goes to that one district and it's all these like some of that part. Okay. So to be, to just to get a little more into it, like some of it worked for me, some of it doesn't. Cause they, they have stuff in there where it's like, you know, Oh, stallions and, um, you know, Sylvester Stallone in the big like coat or whatever. And they're doing all <laughs> these very, the, when he goes into the library and pulls out a book on patriarchy. Yeah. 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 There's stuff in it that I think does work. The again, it goes back to the problem that it's surrounded by a lot of stuff that I think falls incredibly flat. That it's just and and it's not it's not like trigger words or anything like that. Even though it, it's the way that they're describing everything, and I'm I'm going like this just feels really tonally inconsistent. Um, the further you get into the movie, like when when the Kins take over, um, and it's like oh they've brainwashed the Barbies into thinking this way. And it, it's like, okay, but weren't you guys in charge before? And now they're happy, and it shows them happy serving the kids. Yeah, just, and and here's the thing, too, is like, okay, so you're trying to go for, like, the, the oh, no, no, you, you don't want to be subservient to the men. And you're like, all right. And then, like, you don't have a single one of them. Oh, by the way, did you notice the... um the pregnant Barbie in the corner that just gets, it's just kind of there like, oh, I'm back yeah. here. And then like at one point she just gets like dissed by Will Ferrell. Like, oh, we discontinued that model. Like there is, okay. It's not, like satire can't be an excuse. And you watched more of the Brinty Vinti thing than I did. I was, she kind of mentioned the whole thing. And again, it went back to like, she said that and I went, all right, that's a good point. Uh, about this like political brain rot and i, I think it's true yep. I, I think no matter uh the re- like her actual opinion on the movie which again one i didn't want to get a lot of outside inter- interference on this i really wanted to go in and be like okay let me see what i'm seeing with all of this and not do this whole like like you it's know so much better doing it that way yeah i agree um there's and, and like I said, some of it, and, and there are things in the movie that I think work, and I find, I, I found somewhat entertaining, like the, the whole, like, like the Kins fighting each other and doing all that, and it's unfortunate that it's all surrounded by, like, the Barbies trying to do, like, a coup d'etat, where, like, they, they're saving Barbie land's democracy from the Kins. And it's just one I of those things where you're like... emotion and logic at uh, the same time. I, yeah, you're like, great. Um, Dude, I audibly laughed when I heard that line. I'm like, yeah. come on. You have to be better at writing than this. <laughs> and that's, you that, have to be. It's so just... It, it's that's, it's things like that that it's almost like too much of an over caricature 
yeah in, in, in the movie yeah. to where it's like man it, it's not having the same impact on me and others that I think they wanted like I think the the marketing for this movie is great visually this movie is great sure stylistically this movie is great those are important elements to any film it's important to know that stuff I enjoy the design like like having no you know sound playing at all just watching the film it looks visually nice yeah and is definitely geared and marketed towards women i mm -hmm. think they did a great job in making this like an event like the marvel movies became yeah the whole like, like bar barbieheimer thing that they've been doing where they've sort of been like oh look at this in these two insanely different movies that are out at the same time um the marketing behind all of it has helped both of those movies tremendously yeah um, and i think that uh <clears throat> i think too it helped tap into letting studios know of the missing female market, if you want to even put it that way, um, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. But well, it's the, it, it's interesting because it is, the like a, well, the chick flick, would, the chick flick has kind of died. Yeah. You don't get um, she's the man and um, she's all that. Yeah, the uh, Elizabeth Town, like stuff that when we were in high school, like that middle school, high school time yep. period, the you know there were chick flicks coming out all the time um, yeah jennifer lopez was like a like one of the main stars in them from what i remember matthew mcconaughey what's that one with them in new york that my wife likes <laughs> a serendipity like oh yeah I remember all, that one too. all of that House. yeah yeah like all that kind of stuff um so you don't see that much we anymore yeah and you know there's just this okay so i I would be willing I was to hear. I excited to see this movie. I, I feel like I'm probably one of the only dudes that said that, but I was like, I like Ryan Gosling. Same. He's w one of my well, favorite actors. He's the best this part of the movie for me. Like, I, I agree. Yeah, he is the best part. His his development is the best. So I like him. This is something new and interesting. I wonder how they're going to spin this. I wonder if this is going to be like the Lego movies or how exactly they're going to do it. I was expecting, yeah. obviously, some messaging and stuff, but. Unfortunately, it ended up being a below-average movie for me as a whole. I don't think it's the yeah. worst movie I've ever seen. People no. who are saying that are just wrong. They haven't watched enough they stuff this year. <laughs> they haven't watched Eternals, dude. <laughs> I'm like, no, trust me. Let me go watch Eternals, and you'll come back and wish. There's uh, well, and that's that the Barbie. That's the thing is that there's enough of Ken in this that at least every time they were focused on his plot. Up until the end, of course. Like I, I think that they legitimately missed a very easy emotional arc for him at the end. Where, mm -hmm. and it's so funny, dude, because you know one of the things that they they talk about in this because I I can't remember what her name is, but she plays, she's the um the the one who is the like mom? the mom, yeah, the actress's yeah, name. Anna. Ferreira? Is that her name? I can't remember. Uh, let me see. Anthony Ferreira? I'm, I'm looking. It's not America, right? I think I I'm thinking think of... So. Uh, you're thinking of American Chavez. Yeah, I think you're right. Let's from, see. Uh, da, 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 what's da, it called? Da, da. Where is she on this? Oh, yeah. Dang, she's way down this list. Sure. She's got like a pretty I big role in this movie, and she's not even top billed. 
Did someone in the troll room know? I'm trying to find her. Do, 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 oh, do, do. Uh, America. I was right. America Ferreira. America Ferreira. Um, she uh, goes on a couple of these rants at the end of the movie. And at one point she says, you know, you can't say no to a guy but you can't lead him lead you can't sit like but you also like don't want to lead him on and like they're doing this stuff and i'm like you can say no you can say no and i thought at, that what was going to end up happening was because bar obviously barbie isn't in love with ken that she was going to be like ken like finally kind of have that a moment of development where she's yeah. like you know what i have if, if i want to be this person if i want to find out who i am on my own um, I have to actually step out and fully reject Ken and not continue to lead him on. But she just continues to lead him on. Like they, she doesn't ever step up and go, "No, I just want to." Uh, like we we can't do this. Like yeah. she even like continues to talk about like the girlfriend boyfriend relationship thing. It's it's very weird, um, and feels like a cop out to me, where it's like. Ken, up until the very end of the movie, he's going on this emotional arc where it's like, oh, he's obsessed with um, Barbie. Oh, he realizes that there, there is a place where he is shown some some form of respect. And to be honest, they still make fun of it because he tries to like walk into the doctor's office to do surgery. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he thinks he can just walk in and do that, and yeah. and they're like, sir, you can't do that. And and so it's like it's not a situation where it's like well because i'm male i can now because this is where we we both know this conversation ultimately goes with a lot of uh smooth brains on the internet where you go ken had the best arc in the movie and they go well you just think that because you are a man you are male and it's like that's what our tiktok screechers are gonna say oh i know i i know it already i'm calling it now joseph I'm calling it now um but what they don't understand is is that he has the emotional arc in the movie. It, it's it's the most solid thing that you're going to be able to get out of of this film, where he he's disrespected. Um, he thinks his entire role is to be like on the beach and to yep. be validated by Barbie. He leaves and goes to the real world, where he is shown he's treated with basic human respect yeah he's yeah human dignity he gets treated with dignity and you know all of a sudden it's like the worst thing in the world that he's seen some of this and wants some of that for himself in his own world and he's the villain because of it and the thing is is that like they try to make him out to to be the villain and it's bad the way that he's handling everything but He's so like, and part of it is because Ryan Gosling is such a good actor, and he's incredibly charismatic. Um, but I, I, I'm just like rooting for him through the whole movie, and I'm like, yeah, hey, yeah. And then like, I thought like, all right, well, maybe what's going to happen is that they'll find some sort of uh, middle ground, or Ken will be like, you know what, I'm gonna go back to the real world and try to find out who I am, th- who I am, um, because. I'm treated correctly there. And it's weird because Barbie just goes, well, you're Ken. And he goes, I'm Ken. And they're all like, yay. And then they disappear for the rest of the movie. And you're like, what was that? It's like, you had it. You had this this arc, right? And then they just kind of give that final moment to Barbie where all of a sudden she's like, well, I want to go to the real world. 
And I'm going, why? What about the real world made you decide you want to go go back? And I guess the the point could be made that it's like, well, she wants to like she wants to change things. But it's like, what is she gonna do? She has no skills. <laughs> like she, and it's it, the irony, dude. The irony in all of it. And they try to make this this joke at one point. I in, think I, th- I think the meaning of her at the end leaving to go to the real world was was that no matter how great Barbie land is with yeah. the matriarchy and everything, that the real world is always going to be better because you get to ex- life is worth life is if I'm this is me being the most generous. Okay, life is worth living. Yeah, even despite all the struggles and hardships you may face in life as a woman, hmm. you uh, don't want this matri- You don't want this. You don't want to live in this fantasy land over here where everything's perfect. Right. But cellulite, since that's mentioned in the movie, right, and all these things, flat and the patriarchy, feet. and yeah. flat feet, everything <laughs> that comes along with it, is better than over here in fantasy land. That's me being as generous as possible as far as yeah. you know, any type of arc and that Margot Robbie may have. And that's kind of like at the ending when she goes into the gynecologist's office because she finally has real parts. Right. That it, that st- struck me as odd, number one. Uh, yeah. Number two, uh, that's kind of the my thought process was, okay, I guess they're trying to say, hey, you know, the real world is going to be better than some fantasy land you have in your head. They do just n- to put it simple. I see that based on because like you're going through that, and I'm like, okay, yeah, it's like you have that moment with the old woman, um, not the original Barbie, but the one sitting on the bench. Yeah. Um, there, there are the like we've talked about this already, but there are these little moments throughout it where you're like, okay, okay, but they never follow through on any of that. Right. And it makes me wonder, it's like when they were writing this, did they think in their head that they were following through on the like Barbie's emotional arc when in reality that wasn't really the case? Yeah. And did Maybe. they they mean to write Ken as well as they did? Yeah. I, that's where I'm I'm sort of lost because you know, you mentioned before like Greta Gerwig's like, oh, this movie is like very feminist, which I guess is the case, but it, it goes back to like I I'm confused about your messaging because at moments you're like, well all like women just want to be treated as equals, and then it's like oh okay cool, but then at the end of the movie the Barbies are basically like screw you Kens, yeah they just do to them what they believe was done to themselves by right, them. and I'm like is that what you're going for or do you do you want what and I'll say it like this because it, it's probably a conversation for another time. Even and we've talked about this before uh, about my uh, my thoughts on equality, um, but their yeah, vision, bored, right? Well, I don't think it exists. <laughs> I, I'm just I think it, well, I think it's a I think it's a myth. Um, yeah, it is a myth. I I think that it's this. You know, they they talk about like Ankapistan or whatever. Yeah. I I think the I, idea of a 
of what people see as equality is uh, a, a complete imagine like imaginative thing. Um, Nobody even the people who even preach equality, this is the thing. They don't live it out consistently in their lives and day to day. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And Thomas Saul, how do you say his last name? Saul. Soul, is that right? Thomas Soul. Yeah. Soel. We'll so people say it. it a, so people say it a, a well, few different well, ways. Let me check he, with the judges. He judges? was kind of. Yeah, they judges. said it's good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he, you know, he was kind of the one that coined the idea that that no man is equal to himself on any given day. And I remember the first time I heard that, and I was like, oh, that's really interesting. And so when you really think about it, it's like. Yeah, quality, quality is a myth. Like, yeah, you should treat people with decent human dignity, um, but there's so much like subtlety to that conversation that you don't get from something like Barbie. And of course, we're gonna get the oh, it's just a movie. Oh, it's just a dumb uh, movie about Barbie. And it's like, okay, well, listen, if you don't want to have this conversation, you can go out the door and go somewhere else, um, because. It is a very appropriate setting, considering some of the other things that they try to talk about in this movie, to talk about uh, the kind of like mature uh, topics that you could present in a movie like this. Like they, the whole idea of like Bar, the Barbie's image and what she brought to the table being fake. Um, and not what the real world is, is like, I, I think is actually something that would be interesting to explore. Now, they don't yeah. handle it very well. Um, and, and here's the thing. it You think about the Lego movie, a kid's movie, but there are adult themes in that. Yeah. Right? Meaning and adult moments. Yeah, yeah. Not, not. <laughs> don't want people to think that it's like there's weird sexual stuff in the Lego movie, but like, yeah, there's mature ideas in it that are probably going to go over the heads of kids. Yes, exactly. And so that's more <laughs> so how I was expecting this yeah. film to go. Yeah, absolutely. It's clear that it was just a it, the 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 target demographic of the film is the women who played with Barbies. Um, oh, absolutely! You know, I, the, as they were kids and who are now adults, which is fine. There's yeah, nothing, that's where that half, half billion wrong. dollars was really coming from. Yeah, there, and there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. It's a great strategy. I just think it could have been a much better written movie. Uh, outside of the writing, I think, and, and and characterizations, like I think Margot's character could have been handled better. Uh, I like Ken's yeah. character. I, I noticed like. You know they try to do all this representation with Barbies, <laughs> yeah. but I didn't. I didn't notice one single, and I may have missed it, but I didn't notice one single Asian female Barbie, uh, and I, so I thought that was kind of huh. funny. Um, I, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but when I was watching the movie, I, I did <laughs> notice that because they show like all these different versions. No, 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 you're wrong. Simu Liu is there. No, Asian Barbie. Like, yeah, not Ken, but Barbie. Yeah, Simu Liu. No, 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 no. He's not a Barbie. He's a Ken. No. I'm talking about like Margot Robbie. Yeah, Simu. You know they had Margie. No, <laughs> no. Don't He's a kid. He's not like troll a... room. Back me up. <laughs> no. I can't believe we're getting an argument about this. So I know he's. A, I know he's a kid. It was a joke. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So that's pretty much my thoughts on the Barbie movie. 
Uh, you probably had more thoughts than I did, but I, I was I excited. Get... I was excited yeah. for this, and I was let down at the end because Act <laughs> One was fine. Act Two got a tad bit. Act Two was fine too. Act Three was just a letdown of the movie. More so, you know what I mean? Yeah. If it wasn't for Act, if it wasn't for Act Three, I would have been like, okay. It's it's odd. I, this is a all right movie. You there, know? There's all these like, like a standard flick. Yeah, there's all these things that like you would expect that either America Ferrera, her daughter, or Barbie in some form or another would have had a closer relationship. Like that kind of gets it's not it's not very well established. And I thought like, oh, okay, well maybe one, they're gonna like the three of them. Maybe they'll go on a, a sort. Of, it'll be kind of this fun, quirky adventure thing, uh, where they'll really start to understand each other. But then like yeah. America Ferrera just gets like super feminist, and her daughter's like, "I love you now," and you're just like, "Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, like, dude." Mm. I thought it was pretty funny when Margot Robbie initially runs into uh, the Mattel Corporation and she's trying yeah. to escape, and she randomly runs into that room where the uh, original Barbie was being kept. Yeah. And I was just like, why is she randomly staying in this yeah. corporation? It's the <laughs> it's thing about... There's, there's this thing that happens in writing sometimes where they, like, ran, random equals funny... And there's a lot yeah. of that in this. Yes. But it always just came off as frustrating to me. Because yeah. random weird stuff can be... It, it, it's like, it can be done in like when you're when you're sort of like... Uh, it's sort of that thing, like I was saying, when she talks about not having genitals to the, to the construction workers. Like, it, that came out of left field because I just wasn't expecting that to be the way that that went. And so, like, comedy can be found in that. But, like, comedy isn't always just, like, random things happening. Yeah. Sometimes that's just like, oh, like, why? You know, it's like, if that's the reaction, it's like, you you might have messed up there. Um, though the quote-unquote theater that I was in, Joseph, there was quite a bit of laughter going on. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm just saying that... Mine too. You know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the demographic for this, which, you know, I prefaced at the beginning. Um, that's but all I had to say about yeah I was hoping that I was going to be surprised and that uh, I, and again I think some of the stuff in this is being completely overblown um, yeah I, I think that's pretty typical I think people are just trying to do you know rage bait like sensationalized yeah. Yeah. titles it, regarding the movie rage bait is like it, it, it works um, it does and I don't know like I, I think that Indiana Jones was significantly more frustrating. Um, and this movie, hands down. Yeah, Indiana Jones I think it's probably worse. the this worst is, movie I've seen this year. Um, this is way more pleasant to get through than uh, Indiana it, it's Jones. It's still rough in some places, like, and I I will never watch this again. Um, I, I have no interest in it. I can't recommend it to anybody. Um, it, but it's not as just painfully bad as uh as the um as Indiana Jones was Dial of Destiny. Um you know, Wupa, Wupa was asking brief. about the trans Barbie. Um it was just brief. I didn't really even notice the uh 
trans Barbie character, funny what? enough. Was that not uh, Kate McKinnon? No, it wasn't. <laughs> oh. She was a weird Barbie. Right, but w there was like a... Yes, there, it was the doctor, Barbie. It's, they don't they don't focus that much on it, so they don't really make uh, it that much of a point. Was she the glasses one at the end, or am I thinking of a different? Oh, I can't remember. I that's just what I've heard. I mean, clearly they don't focus on it enough because I didn't. See yeah, it. I don't. I don't even remember. I don't even, dude. If if and that's it, what I mean. Like, I wasn't paying attention, I guess enough. If like it was, it was so. Like, I remember the doctor thing, but I just don't have... It wasn't clear enough to me. I mean, she was passing enough, I guess, then. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Like, even when Will Ferrell is like, I want you to call me uh, a woman. What was it that he said exactly? And then the person's like, no. Like, that's what I mean. There's different ways uh, that they... Again, that that's kind of confusing, the messaging in it. But I, I was telling you this earlier this week about Greta Gerwig, basically the themes in all her movies are this. Lady Bird, how hard it is to be a, wo a young woman in the early 2000s. Yeah. Little Women, how hard it is to be a woman in the 1860s. <laughs> Barbie, how hard it is to be a woman in 2023. Yep. Snow White, how hard it is to be a woman in the 1500s. With magic Chronicles dwarves. of Narnia. Chronicles of Narnia, how hard it is did, to be a woman in Narnia. <laughs> did you see... Um the thing about i can't i just i saw an, uh, a quick thing about the chronicles of narnia where they're like the last battle may be an in, inappropriate ending for modern audiences yes <laughs> and dude it made me realize like you can't it's so like hollywood and all of that stuff is so robotic now that you can't even have what in like can you believe that the chronicles of narnia is edgy now <laughs> like that, the last battle is too edgy. Christian. Y yeah, That's it's, why. it's so it's, weird. You know, is at the end of the day, it's because it's Christian. Let's just be yeah great about um, it. Well, but I wouldn't recommend it, man. Um, she, your your sister might have a good time with it, but I feel like you'd probably be miserable. Um, yeah, it's not. It's not. If if you're like really uh, try to go see like a matinee. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that's what I would say. And then I would also say, like, I think your sister would probably enjoy it because it looks pretty. And that speaks that that is an important part. Like visual aspects are an important part of the movie. But as far as the messaging is very. It's very heavy-handed. Yeah, yes. yeah, it and I mean, is. there's no other way. Around yeah, it. if she's asking you to 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 go see it or whatever, it it could be a good opportunity for you to like ask her questions when you get out of it. Yep. She'd be like, "Hey, what like what did you think of that? Like, what did you think of of the movie?" And if she's like, "Oh, do it was funny her, and do pretty," you know or, why or, yeah. the patriarchy is important? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> do you understand why we must live in the real world and not the Barbie world? Yeah. Um, oh, and Wuba asked, is it really edgy or is it just because there's heavy Christian themes? They're one and the same at this point in time. Yeah. In, in our current reality, in the year of our Lord, 2023, uh, they are one and the same. Sometimes sacrifice can be made to make family happy and indoctrinate, I mean, educate. <laughs> <laughs> I really think that you should title when you put the Barbie review out on YouTube. 
you should title it uh, Incel Barbie because that's kind of what Margot character's character reminded me of was like <laughs> a, a female version of an incel. I guess I it it's really hard for me to like. Um, they and you know oh the other thing and then I guess we'll move on. Um, I didn't I I didn't think the joke worked where the narrator makes fun of how pretty Margot Robbie is. Um, this movie is constantly trying to like lift women up, and then takes this like massive, uh, crack at Margot Robbie being attractive, and like, oh yeah, she she's having she's actually like got feelings and she's going through all this, but that doesn't really matter. So we're gonna make fun of her. Like that was kind of the way that joke came yeah. off to me because it's this emotional. Mo- oh, yeah, it's the same stuff that we deal with all the time where it's like they're having this emotional moment and it's like, hey, let's completely undercut this by trying to put in a bad joke. You know? Yeah, like, because I don't, I don't have a problem. Like, I think the premise behind, like, oh, hey, Barbie starts having cellulite, she starts developing into a, becoming a real 30-something-year-old woman or yeah. whatnot yeah. works. And I think that's a great uh, line to, thread line to go because again, like just because it's a Barbie film and the primary character is is supposed to be a woman, doesn't mean that you still can't relate to people, uh, different things about a character, right? Yeah. And you know, and because as a man, she, she has and, and learning like, oh hey, you know what? I realize now as a thirty-something-year-old, ah, man, I'm not like I used to be when I was a teenager. You right. know what I mean? Right. And so you don't have to see yourself in a movie to be able to relate to a character, but it just. Because it's not completed well, in a satisfactory sat, in a satisfactory way for me, yeah. satisfying way for me, if I can freaking talk, uh, <laughs> uh, it just you know unfortunately fell off for me. Yeah, and um, you know they have that somewhat emotional moment where she looks over at the old woman. It's probably some of the best acting that Margot does in the movie, where there's not a whole lot that's said, but you can tell what Barbie is thinking in the moment looking at this old woman. Yes. And the kind of, like, conflicted nature of, like, what's going on with her. and Like, just, she doesn't totally understand, but she sees something in that. And she has this really, like, heartfelt moment. And this is what I say with, like, the messaging in this being really all over the place because they just don't stick the landing with a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Where it's like they, they keep... Felt like a lot of people kept yeah. saying how random that scene was and I no was thinking, I think that's one of the better scenes in the movie i see why greta wanted to keep that because i know that she kept saying how the studio wanted to uh, cut that scene out but that's wild dude because it's like i don't know maybe they hate old people or something but like the the idea of barbie living in a like you know we've talked about this fantasy world it's it's like perfect in some regard um and she goes out into the real world and she basically sees an old person for the first time and it has this like realization that like oh like this is different like there's something weird here like yeah you know she isn't like what you would consider like tr- you know uh she's not barbie right she's not that traditional um beauty or like that standard of it um that that barbie sets and she still looks at her and, and has like a pretty profound moment. Where she looks at her and she says, "You're beautiful." And then like the woman looks back at her and goes, "Oh, I know." You know, it's it, like it, it's, it, it's it, the, that that scene. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm done. I'm done. 
Okay, yeah, and that scene matters. I think they could have added more to it if, she, yeah. you know, she would have been like, I've led a, as an older woman, right? Kind of like having a mentor to mentee moment right there. I've led a fulfilled yeah. life. I have a family. I have this or that, whatnot. And um, even if she, she didn't do that, it could have been something that happens along the way that is... Uh, like there's more fulfillment to your life than just in your looks yeah and vanity yeah and they just don't do that because it's like every all of the messaging seems to be about like oh you can do whatever you want and it's like great but like there isn't the WNBA popular yeah. you can't do that no, no not at all um, but there's nothing that I, I, I saw as like man this this would really potentially inspire someone that, that maybe um feels like their life kind of sucks or something like that you know like movies used yeah. to do that there used to be that sort of like hopefulness in them and i did not get that from this at all um it's yeah. sort of sort of dour at the end a little bit um i don't think quite as much i i didn't personally i, I didn't think it was like quite as dour at the end as i as some people had had said but um yeah, it just kind of, it's like, well, oh, like, that's where we're going with this? Well, we were speaking of political brain rot earlier today and how it has not only, you know, it's easy to point it out on the left side, but also, well, it's easy for us also to point out on the right side as sure, well. Sure. Uh, but how it has affected the right, because it doesn't seem like it gets talked about enough. And what I mean is there is someone uh, that posted, I saw it on Twitter, a picture of Margot Robbie with no makeup on and they were like margot robbie is mid and i'm just like first off <laughs> why are you taking time out of your day to talk about anyone like that uh, yeah secondly we don't have to lie just because you thought the movie was bad <laughs> like yeah you don't yeah. have to make up things you, you know what you know what i mean yeah I, you know what i like i don't think words, i don't think that it's I'm cope. sorry i just wanted to, no it's yeah. just cope it's cope that's what it is yeah. The, the now, movie. Again, I don't think that like Margot Robbie is, you know, top of line. Oh my gosh, drop dead gorgeous. All this stuff. Like, oh, oh, she's a, you know, she breaks the scale type of deal. But she's certainly <laughs> not mid. Yeah. Like, come on. That's a really bad opinion. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, you just need to go get your eyes checked. That's, you know what I mean. That's like saying Ryan Gosling is mid. It's just weird to. Yeah. It's just odd to talk about anyone. In that way, if you're talking like, about her, her as an actress, like I could see an argument for that. Like I don't think she's like really that great of an actress. Generally, I think she has a lot of potential in that realm. Um, but it's just an odd comment to make about someone. Yeah, like again, well, not dude, in the sense of not in the sense of like talking personally with someone, but to go out of your way, like it, even in an, in a natural setting, to and bringing it up in an organic way, not to be hurtful to the person, or just you're just you know yeah. talking to people and giving your your thoughts, right? Maybe. There's nothing wrong with that, but to go out of your way and make a post and say she's good, <laughs> it's like. And I saw this other dude uh, say like, if you're a man and you go see uh, Barbie, you're a beta male. And oh, I just really just wanted cool, to put on man. a wig and go see Barbie. <laughs> I wish I still. I wish that I had the soundboard working. I could put Adam Curry's little phrase up. You know, it's like what you say about others is what you mean about yourself. <laughs> um, yeah, I, dude, I. Conversations it's around like, let a lot people of this enjoy stuff. Enjoy a movie, and it's like one of the yeah. things I thought Brittany Venti brought up that was a good point that I remember was it's like you can't like as soon as influencers uh, give their opinion, 
right? It's like a hive mind takes yeah. over. Yeah. And well, it didn't affect ticket sales. Once it did not affect ticket sales. Yeah. But once it's like once something's labeled as woke or not woke, nobody on either side, if you're on the opposite side, you can't therefore like the movie because then you're automatically seen as that. And yeah. it's like this polarization we got to get out of. Well, let's bring nuance back. That's one of the things we're trying to do. Yeah. I've you know, I've yeah. heard I've heard Rag say this before, but he when he talks about Arcane sometimes, he's like Arcane is woke. Yeah. If like if if we're going to talk about what typically the term gets used around which is like you know uh i guess diversity um there's usually some sort of like homosexual intersectional feminism yeah which i don't really i don't think there's really any intersectional feminism in arcane necessarily but it it does have some of those same type of beats the difference is that it's good yes (laughs) it's really good um so it's it yeah and and that's the thing man is like I just I don't care most of the time like give me give me some interesting stories give me some stuff that's good um and it's again you know when we were on um technically Mexican show and I think it was when we were on there and they were talking about um uh the the Jim Jim Caviezel movie that came out recently the Sound of Freedom Sound of Freedom um, and you know everyone in what would probably be considered conservative circles was like lifting this thing up as like the second coming um, and I just was you know I get a little suspicious no matter where it's coming from about like okay and I still want to watch it um, I still I, I think it, it might be it might be out on digital now so I, I, I might find some time when I get back from the beach to watch it Um but I, I just wonder sometimes when a, a, I guess you could call it like specific demographics start lifting something up as the second coming, whatever. And I'm like, is it that good? Or is it just a lot of hype that gets put around it? And, you know, a lot of people who would be considered like normal movie watchers go see it and they're like, Oh is it, yeah, yeah, you know. Oh, it's so like anti this and anti that, and it's like, well, that doesn't necessarily make a good movie. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I, I, I couldn't. <laughs> I think one of the things is that the reason why the sound of freedom is so popular would be the the moral messaging within it, which, which is great. everyone can get, which yeah. everyone can get behind, and oh, that's yeah, what I really. That's what I probably the number one thing I look for most in a movie is the mm. moral messaging and what's behind it, and not just a movie, but a show that I'm that I'm watching. What is this? morally what is this conveying yeah right yeah uh, and you know for example pulp fiction is a good one because the kind of like the main moral theme i took from the movie is redemption right you have this redemption art that goes through it hmm. i really really enjoy redemption art movies and well it's dude even you know i, I mean, couldn't really find on... i couldn't really find like what's the moral play at with barbie barbie i don't and know what's the the message and i just there's some there's definitely messages yeah there's messages but what's the the moral play to it i couldn't discern what it was outside of men don't deserve to rule and it's like don't we have like like don't we like is it most i know like women are graduating at a faster rate bachelor's degree and master's degree i want to say that, yeah. that men are yeah like in the real world like there are legit statistics that back up kind of the 
equality that we've seen. And so it was just odd to just paint everything so polarizing. I'm just tired of it. I, yeah, I'm really tired of it. Yeah. I'm just really tired of it. That's, so that's what it really comes movie, down to. I don't, I don't really care if it's <laughs> who's it produced down produced by i'm just tired of it like there's a way to convey a message and not be so heavy freaking handed with it and preachy yeah. and but again that's not what we're talking about with sound the freedom sound the freedom you know the moral message no it's about that's Barbie when i when anything. it first took off that's what i was contributing it to and especially kind of given the times i did find it funny though how trump watched that movie and then came out and said that uh all uh people who traffic anyone whether if they're male or female will receive the death penalty i was like it took you watching the sound of freedom yeah that. yeah yeah but yeah i'm interested in watching the movie I, I do too i think we'll maybe we'll try to do that when i get back from vacation and um make a point to finally sit down and do that um i'm still planning on seeing oppenheimer i just Dude, sitting in a movie theater for what will essentially be four hours. That's all you. <laughs> I just sorry, that's all yeah, you. Listen, you know, listen, I like Christopher Nolan. I really do. Yeah, but bro, I ain't sitting through a three-hour Oppenheimer no. movie. He's just not that interesting of a person that I care to sit behind. You know, other people. You know, I, I'm kind of curious. Me. The biggest thing for me is I'm really curious. About... I'll watch Barbie again before I watch yeah. Oppenheimer. <laughs> yeah, Jenna didn't like Oppenheimer. She says boring. Um, that's kind of what I'm worried about too. Is that it's like mm-hmm. the political intrigue of it isn't actually going to be that interesting, and that they're not going to go s- try to do some interesting stuff with the uh, moral implications of what the United States did uh, with nukes. Yeah, I love that uh, when people bring it up. Uh, I feel like it's going to be an ostentatious movie, uh, but um, or what am I trying to say? Pretentious, ostentatious. Yeah. Oh, dude. I, I, I. But I, yeah, I always I, like to bring yeah. up when people bring up the uh, nuke, uh, nuking Japan. I'm like, yeah, it was kind of interesting that when they nuke Nagasaki, they wiped out the largest Christian population in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why? Yeah. Nobody yeah. seems to bring that up. Well, it's most. I don't think most people know. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's all, dude, there's so much stuff I've got to catch up on. I was, I was looking at what came Secret out. Invasion. No, thanks. Um, I still, actually, I still want to see The Flash. That's out on digital now. Um, and there were some other kind of interesting indie movies that I saw that I hadn't really heard of, um, that I wanted to, wanted to see, but it'll all have to wait until I get back. Um, but let's, uh, let's dive into The Witcher for a little bit to close this out. Yeah. Um, wow. Uh, you can say one thing about uh, season three. It is incredibly consistent. <laughs> it doesn't get a lick better. And in fact, it, probab- it, it probably... I don't know if it gets... got worse or just stayed as bad as it was. Yeah, I, I say that, but like there are like a couple fights in the last episode that I was at least somewhat entertained by. Um, yeah. Episode seven is more of the same gobbledygook political nonsense. Um Episode, episode seven. Six, yeah, did I say seven? Sorry, six is what I, or seven is what I've got on my mind. Yeah, six is all of that. Seven. Six was so like. Uh, go ahead, finish your thoughts. Go oh, ahead. I was gonna say seven is Siri in the desert for an hour, and eight is 
Geralt recovering to have one kind of okay fight and setting up stuff that we, at this point, may never actually see. Because I don't know if you've seen some of the reviews going around from mainstream outlets, but this show is getting uh, panned across the board at this point. Yeah, they finally, they finally caught up to us. Oh, I no, they saw season. the writing on the wall and were like, oh, yeah. we need to get in line with everybody else. Like, if we give, <laughs> if someone gives the show, like, a seven, like, we're, you know, they're going to trash us or whatever, because there's, you just... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did IGN not give season oh. three of seven? What would you, would you like to take it? Don't look it up. What do you think they gave it? Oh, man. A six. Nope. Lower? Uh-huh. Four. Nope. Lower. No. Five. Yeah. <laughs> no I, way. I couldn't. No way. I couldn't believe they did. Like it was one of those things where I was like, okay, and and this is what's so interesting about this, right? Because if you remember, I I'm pretty sure they gave Rings of Power at the end fully. Either, I think an eight out of ten, maybe a nine out of ten. You can look it up, but it was hot. And they were high. And I'm like, these shows are kind of on the same level, guys. Yep. They're not... I, I think Although Rings of Power might be less complicated, power. if you want to yeah. argue that, but... Just everyone's trying to copy the Game of Thrones oh, format so rather than it, just being themselves. You know None of them mean? have like, the writing talent for I mean, the guys who wrote or were doing the, the showrunners for Game of Thrones didn't have the talent to carry it out. So, like, why do you think these these folks at Netflix are going to be able to do this? The show looks yeah, like trash, too. Oh, it's so bad. The it, CGI blood is bad. Man, it, it's it really very gives me hope. It, them writing this and how The Rings of Power has gone um, and everything and how Barbie went really gives me hope <laughs> for Chronicles of Narnia. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm looking forward to it, it dude. Um, yeah, the the um, I, I don't know if you noticed this, and this, this might be... I'll try to explain it, um, but the show is too sharp looking, like it's too digital. Uh, mm-hmm. it, the way yeah. that, that they're filming the like, show, everything is is really sharp, and it shows how um, cheap fake. certain effects look, and armor, and what like weapons. It's a problem for that even though they're probably using a pretty nice camera. Um, but with a show like this, it's supposed to be kind of dirt. Like, if you go back to the first episode of uh, season one, where uh, Geralt's, like, fighting all those people in the street, you know? Um, uh-huh. it, it, the show looks pretty dirty and gross and kind of fits in line uh, with the aesthetic of The Witcher. But this, the newer stuff doesn't, it, it, it does borderline a little too much on the cleanness and you know I guess some of that is because they got you know uh, they're doing like it seems like they went less practical with a lot of things since they decided to use CG blood for the season which I'm not sure they did in the past um, there's a lot of it's weird oh did you uh, the fire mage finally finally gets what oh. should have happened to him in the first episode <laughs> It's so, like why not? I got triggered when I saw him. And all then right, before we get here, before we yeah, get yeah, there, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. All right, all right, all right. Let's, let's back up. All right, all right. So yeah, the sixth episode. Yes, we're in the sixth episode. Sixth episode, and <laughs> it's just this combat. Like it starts off, 
and Dietra is just like, ha ha, I got you, but I'm just going to keep <laughs> oh, yeah. you around. <laughs> it's like, what kind of stupid <laughs> cliffhanger was it episode five? Just going to be like, ha ha, I got you. I could have had you, but yeah, you're just going to come with me while we put Team Redania uh, stripes on all these other mages to, you know, uh, I guess. Yeah, like the show the political dynamics that the, have been going the, on. Which the not Yahtzee confusing. bands. Yeah. The they just done a very bad they've done a poor job of communicating the sides of the conflict and how there are certain oh, mages yeah. that are loyal to the Northern Kingdoms and then certain other mages that are loyal to Nilfgaard. Yes. And you know that the conflict originally began with these certain factions, but but now, out of nowhere, the Scoyletail show up and fighting ensues. Oh, and dude, what a dumb... Crap. But it's like, on the politicking part, like, sticking on that, yeah. there's not really a good build-up to that scene. It's not interesting. Uh, they they have made just, something that probably should be really interesting very boring and uninteresting. <laughs> yeah. Um, they really did. And... It, it is funny... Not, it, it is funny the way that you kind of talked about it because the episode starts with a cliffhanger where um, Dijkstra has like the tiny knife up to Geralt, and it's like it's not convincing for a moment that that was the best plan for him with Geralt. Yes, this guy who fights massive monsters all the time, and I was and, like, oh, and well, not maybe only that, but with Dijkstra being a, you know an intelligent character who's a spy master yeah. basically would probably know all of Garrett Geralt's strengths and weaknesses let's say Geralt, not all of them Geralt but like has you know magic yeah like he can all... use magic he conveniently doesn't yeah. use it you know I guess he has like the idea was he's supposed to have some sort of like he's like trying trying to play the game a little bit or whatever to stay out of the situation yeah. um and you know but beyond that but it's like it, it seems like that's a that doesn't seem like a wise decision that Dijkstra would do without being stirred in a very emotional way. You know what I mean? Like, like out, like, you know, just spazzes out for lack of a better word. Yeah. Uh, but don't give me started on the magic dude. Like, like all the oh, it's so funny. magical ability, abilities of the mages are, is it's the goofiest chilled, thing, dude. Chilled and air. That's oh, dude. It. Okay, so so let's let me, like, let me explain. supposed to have this complex, like like these mages are supposed to be able to do, have a ton of tricks in their bag. Yeah. Except they only use. They're shield supposed to be and, dangerous, and very dangerous, powerful. So and all this stuff, but all it takes is fifty elves with some Dimitrium uh, arrows. Let's uh let me let me back up just a smidge. So, for for those of you who are who are listening, um. You know, Dijkstra does this thing, and Geralt and him walk into the room, and a bunch of the mages have decided to start a coup um, against other mages. Um, and some of them are uh, shackled, and some of them aren't. And there's this this super goofy line where they're they're like, uh, "Oh, you know, we have these bands on to let us know who's on our side." And I'm like, "Bro, people lie." Like, what are you talking about? Like, you, it, it, it's, it's not as simple as, like, we'll put the bands on so we know the difference between the people on our side and the people who aren't on our side. Anyway, so they're doing this, right? And so I'm thinking 
well, I guess this episode is kind of going to be about how Geralt is going to maneuver his way out of this whole situation in order to um, get back with Yennefer and Ciri so that they can get out of here. Because he doesn't... He, he, Geralt's always kind of been this way. He, he's, he's very, like, neutral in a lot of conflicts yep. if it's not something that immediately affects something that he cares about, which I've always liked. Um, he's always been a really interesting character to me. Um, but that's happening. And then... Um, and forgive me, because I cannot, for the life of me, remember everyone's name at this point. Um, but the the head mage, her boyfriend betrays Tessera. everyone for yeah, it's Tessera and then Vilgefortz. Vilgefortz, that's right. Um, so Vilgefortz betrays Tessera for the Scoyatel because he's not loved or something or like he whatever i I think it's because he has plans what was it he has plans for siri his own plans he ends up at nilfgaard with nilfgaard he knows he knows that fake siri in the last episode isn't siri i'm assuming Cause yeah. yeah, they and I anyway. It, not that listen, none of that'll end up mattering, especially because I don't think this is getting a fourth season. But um, they, they, you know, so this thing is happening where you have a betrayal, and then inside of that betrayal, you have another betrayal. And during the battle, the original people that betrayed the other people are like, "Forgive us, let us help you." And they're to Sarah's like, "Yeah." Well, she doesn't really go, yeah, she's, like, sad or whatever. And so they go in to help anyway. And then they kind of win. And to Sarah's heart... Wait, I guess I'm jumping ahead, sorry. Um. Oh, but then they get to the battle, yeah, right? Yeah, wait, oh, wait, oh, I'm wait, missing wait, the battle. Wait. I'm missing They're, the battle, sorry. Yeah, yeah, so no, they wait, come, wait, hang on, this, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Wait, 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 wait. So you forgot, so you're talking about all the mages being brought up. But right before Vilgal Force betrays to Sarah... Tessera then breaks, you know, all their chains, all the magic, basically, because she's, oh, yeah. she's a super, she's a super powerful she's, mage. Yeah, she is the best. Then Dilgofortz betrays her, and she has the power and the ability to stop him before he opens the portal the or whatever. And she doesn't the do gate, it. and she just doesn't <laughs> do it because she's been so betrayed, and she's fallen so much in love with him, and she's yeah. so heartbroken yeah. that she can't protect the other people she also cares about. When she needs to, yeah. When when the time yeah, comes, like, she can't do it. And it's so funny. How, like, yeah, but from season one, we've gotten that she's this, you know, hard character that will make the tough decisions when necessary. And I understand if somebody wanted to come, come at it from the standpoint of, well, it's her care. Like she's a, softer a, now, maybe. A, softer now that. like that's yeah. her character arc like a a, a um, i'm forgetting the word right now but like this declining character arc if you want to call it that to where she goes from being hard to being soft but they don't really show that well no like and- over time and even still it's like okay because we don't get a sense of how close their relationship is truly because i thought up until this point yeah that Vilgefortz had been manipulating her with magic, with that little uh, bracelet or necklace or whatever it was that he gave to Sarah. Okay. Um, and 
now it's just kind of like no they were actually in love but and she's this hard character here you know has all these mages here that she's that she loves and cares about she spent her, essentially her life here or a, a good portion of it right but she's just gonna let it all go to crap oh, because dude. of a guy she loves and i i have to talk about this fight especially this because it's it's ridiculous so especially and, and this is about the time it's about halfway through that fight i think when i i sent that message to you where i was like the magic in this is both incredibly useless and also op so the scores he'll come through the door and this fight is about to start, and t- I think it's to Sarah lifts up like this magical barrier to stop the arrows, and the, like you were saying, they they have like a a point on them, and they make it very clear like, oh, this is gonna go through that, and a couple mages get like taken out by the the arrows, and um, to Sarah's response to this is not to start like raining down death and destruction on the elves she goes um uh def- what did she say it's like deflect and uh something like can't remember the exact phrase now that she said but it was basically like be on your defensive or whatever and, I- and i'm sitting there like okay that's weird and then at some point she gets really angry and shoots like a kamehameha blast out at the queen elf I think yeah. that who that's who that is because there yeah, are so many was. characters in this that it's hard to keep up with everyone and her husband or boyfriend or side chick or the whatever. The one that has no agency outside of her. Uh, yeah. He jumps in front of this thing and explodes into just a giant balloon of blood and guts all over her. And I'm sitting there going, can they all do that? It, that would have solved your problem from the very beginning because um well they say that these are supposed to be the most powerful mages yeah right like that at aratuza and you know they're supposed to be you know have all this magical abilities and prowess yet they only use two attacks the entire time if you want to call it that shield and air that's it yeah. there's nothing else no other shield tricks. and deflect maybe that's what she said yeah, shield in the flag. That's it. There's nothing else to to kill these fifty elves. That's all it took is them and some all right armor and Demetrium, Demetrium, whatever it's called. Yeah, arrows. Uh, you know, to the magical piercing magic arrows. Yeah. The magic piercing arrows. That's um, all it took. Is yeah. magic piercing arrows to defeat uh, and, their magic. And it's just like the choreography is bad. Like the the fighting hey, doesn't make any sense. Remember when, um, the, and and again I can't remember these people's names, so I'm just putting specific things I can remember about them as they're who they are. The but it's um, uh, Dijkstra's, uh, mage. Uh, she can turn into an owl. Um, Philippa. Philippa, thank you, and she uh, <laughs> uh says before this big fight, oh, we have this, like, barrier over the, the place so people can't use magic here. But to Sarah, it's fine. I, I, to say, I'm sorry. To say, oh. Um, to, and, and this is the thing with the magic in this, is it's, like, it's so inconsistent. It's like, okay, they put this magical barrier over this place. If to say is such a threat, 
why why don't they just kill her? Like, dude, um, I, I don't know if you remember this from Game of Thrones, um, but it, it, it's something that ha- came to mind while I was watching these episodes, um, these last three episodes. Um, uh, uh, oh, his name slipped in my mind. Oh, the guy that Lannister. No. Um, oh no, Jamie. No, Tyrell. Tyron. Uh, Tyrion. Not Tyrion. Oh my gosh, it's been it's been a little while. Uh, is it Ty? Is it Tyrell Lannister? You talking about the older? Yeah. Oh yeah, I don't remember his name. <laughs> I put in that, and it gave me Lancaster. I'm searching it up right now on IMDb. All right, let's see here. Game of Thrones. He has this line um, where he's talking about uh, essentially what happens when you like you take over in a coup, like a coup d'état type way. Right. Um, let me see if I can find him on here. <sighs> Man, it's been so long. I just I'm like completely out of Game of Thrones. Uh, Tywin. Tywin, thank you. Good night. Did someone in the troll room know? Tywin. Yeah, thank Matthew you. did. <laughs> thank you, guys. Um, he he talked. He's it, it, at one point during the show. He's talking about the way that he essentially handles. Um. Uh, Matthew, thank you. Um, for uh, 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 so what would be essentially a coup, or um, when you're trying to deal with like. Uh, a, a bad king um, and or like a family that you're having uh, that's kind of like your rival, your enemy, whatever. And he's basically like, you kill everyone. He's like, you don't leave anyone alive because someone may come back for you one day. And uh, uh, right. Tywin was always a really great character in the show because he's always very practical and pragmatic in everything that he does. And I think about it a lot when watching The Witcher where Geralt leaves people alive that he shouldn't leave alive. Uh, the the mages do. Um, Dilgoforts did with Tissaia. I was kind of surprised yeah. like, after he released, after she released him, knowing that she was the most powerful to your point, why didn't she? he first attack her and they have this battle? You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so I just, I think about it a lot where I'm just like, wouldn't the logical... If you really, if your whole life, like say, because um, I'm I'm sort of lost at this point as to, <clears throat> you know, it, uh, who was, and, and I guess people would argue that it's like, oh, well, they have respect for each other. It's like, well, if you're betraying someone, is it really going to be strong enough at that point? Like, that, that, like, relationship that you had is now basically moot. So why are you leaving people alive? It's like even with Tissaia, like she's strong enough to to stop what was going on with the original coup in the episode, and then all of those people just kind of get left alive. They're still around, and then they're like, "Oh no, we're on your side again." And it's like, "What in the world?" Like, it's weird, dude. It never gets brought up again. Like what happens at the beginning no of that episode? No it, and then yeah. Tissaia ends up, um self-deleting herself yes. after having been betrayed by Vilgefortz and I was just like oh brother yeah like come on the messaging in this like it's, get it's really a bad. freaking grip and learn how to write 
the writing is putrid in this show. There is no <laughs> way, there is no way Secret Invasion is worse than this. I refuse to believe it. And oh, not I, only that, I don't know, man. it I ticked bet me it off. I bet it is. The, the title oh, episode yeah. <laughs> ticked me the heck off. Episode six was um, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. I'm like, don't you ever take that quote and attach it to this freaking show <laughs> by Mike Tyson and then repeated by Brock Lesnar. The second one was out of the frying pan and into the fryer. And I'm like, don't you ever take the title of chapter six of the Hobbit and put it and attach it to this stinking show. Like, I audibly went no yeah. when I when well, I, the, saw I guess that. it's supposed to be like a wink wink nod nod thing, but it's so cringe, dude. Um, so yeah, th- some other stuff happens in this episode. The fire mage finally gets killed. Um, there's more really it was weird when. Huh? Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You're 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 still talking about the fight scene. Oh, uh, yeah. There's a fight with um Yennefer and that one mage who can't speak audibly. She uses like her magic to do it they have a quote-unquote fight and oh, then yeah, and that lady uh is just randomly down there in the hall like how did she know where Jennifer was going to be why is she there dude what's she doing uh, to sit and then uh yeah, my only what's real her name well uh tris come like helps, tris shows helps up and randomly I, I guess that makes more sense randomly shows up and there is a lot of convenience Jennifer. in people showing up in places at the right time Yep, and um, then like fire magic's supposed to be bad, yet Yennefer at times is willing to use it yeah. later on. Dude, we find. I wish dude, I, I wish that Yennefer would have just like obliterated that mage when yes. they were down there. It, it's so bo- she like she chokes her out with like a weed and then they move on. I was like, That's so boring. I was like, and You've I got don't... a so you've got Geralt's sword on your back. Like can they be like when they're gonna take out characters? at least be a little more creative with it. It's just, it's so boring to watch people die in this show. Like, there, yeah. you feel nothing. Like, just how like, can uh, we end them the, the softest way possible? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's just, I don't know, like that mage being down there when Yennefer was looking to free uh, Strogobor was just odd. Yeah. But I did enjoy, like, when he actually, when they showed him and he actually got released and, um, he's like, I'm about to send you all down under. Yeah. And, but then it immediately cuts and we don't get to see Jack Diddley squat. Well, he blow, he, they, you see it from Tissaia's perspective. There's like a but big, isn't it there's like a big a fireball. Afterwards? Uh, it is a little bit later. Yeah. So it was a bit weird. Like, oh, it's, yeah, it's not good. I'm, I, non, I think it was non-linear approach <laughs> they take to this show is, is yeah. horrible. Yeah. Like, it's been the problem since season one. Yeah. And that's what I mean. I know that's what they're doing with, oh, now we're at to say his perspective. I'm like, oh, so is this supposed to be, like, right after he said that? You know, like, boom. Yeah, he, and, you know, know I don't. Alicia's I don't. A few minutes. I don't. Yeah. It doesn't really matter at this point. This show is, I highly doubt it's going to get a season four. It shouldn't. Yeah, I don't think he's you know? dead either. I, it doesn't matter. I guess it's like gonna be watching season four. No, I guess nobody even cares whether he even people aren't gonna remember. Even if they do come out with another season, people I'm not gonna remember half of who is supposed to be who in this, you know? But even before Jennifer gets to the the fight in the castle, she runs out to go meet Siri because somehow they have this whatever connection that I don't think ever gets uh is earned and and gets uh, explained well. And she 
they just yeah. happened to luckily run into each other. Okay, let's give them the benefit of the doubt and say it was their magic that attracted them to each other. Uh, then yeah, it's fair enough. Then Reance shows up, triggers me because I'm like, he should have been dead in episode one. Yeah, <laughs> despite what well, that get, one detractor on TikTok at, said. <laughs> yeah, I get mad at him right when he shows up, and then Yennefer's such a good mom. She's like, you know what, Siri. You need to get him back. Okay, and this is what I mean about they don't establish levels right in the show. This is what you were talking about, I should say, and which I agree with. Right. All right. Siri at this point is supposed to be at best a novice, if you want to say, right, with everything, with her magic, with her sword fighting skills. Yeah, she's only been doing this for a, a little while, not very long for sure. With Rience is a mature, powerful mage. That's been shown as well. And you know, good at fighting. But Siri just ends up being able to cut off his fingers and then, you know, Yennefer throws a sword right at, not right at Rience, but near Rience. Oh, and lo and behold, Geralt just happens to She's appear standing out of right behind nowhere. Them. Yeah. I guess he opened a, those portals he hates and snuck up <laughs> behind Rience. Again, a powerful mage I, and cuts his head off and it's just like, oh, oh we just spent like, 30 seconds for that. I'm I'm surprised he didn't just break his hands again and leave him there. <laughs> <laughs> no, break his legs this time. Yeah. Now you can't walk. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. And then... Um, oh. And then that's when Tissaia, uh, you know, unleashes Zeus's thunder. Her yeah, lightning the, on the everyone. Unforgivable, it was the unforgivable curse the, or whatever. No, it was the... Uh, <laughs> it was the, the spell of last resort, resort uh, or yeah. something. That I guess is supposed to kill her and like doesn't, and then I thought that's what was going to happen. Like, yeah. oh, she's going to expend everything and she's going to die. Nope. And then they're like, oh, look, she's got white hair now, and it's like, oh, okay, well, maybe that's the direction they're going to go with her for a little while. And like, no. And, and I think before, like before Geralt, or bef- at some point in episode six, Kahir, Kahir meets Geralt and Siri. Yeah. So it's after that because it is, you yeah. know. To Jennifer is seeing everything going on, and and so is Geralt and Siri. And Jennifer is like, uh, you know, you're seeing this, you know, conflict within her that she wants to go back and help Tessaia and those who she loves and cares about, uh, but she also wants to stay. And then her and Siri have this. I don't understand why they have this like five minute long conversation of it's okay to go. I understand, mommy daughter. Oh, yeah. I want to stay. Oh my freaking gosh yeah. it could have been just a 10 second deal of being like i want to stay but i have to go i have to go protect you know um eratusa right pretty understandable Garrett says no don't go blah 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 um and then after that excruciating scene we get the next excruciating scene of Geralt and C- siri randomly having a bizarre encounter with kahir who apologizes. <laughs> yeah. They like fight for a second. He he's like, you can kill me now. And then, all, they, and then it's dude, like, it's so funny because it, it's such like a okay, this happened, then this happened, and it's like, oh, Scoyotel. Okay, we're done with the scene. Uh forget that I wanted you to like end my life right here. Uh I'll distract them, you go on. And you're like, what? Like, what's happening? Yeah, he just abandons his quest out yeah. of nowhere for Emperor Amir. For no reason that we give, it's like, or that they give. It's like, okay, well, if he's going to abandon this quest that he's worked so hard on since season one, 
for Emperor Amir, why? <laughs> just, Did just, no one stop to ask, hey, why is he doing this? We should probably tell the audience. Nope, nothing. Just, it's just... I had this random thought. Do you remember earlier in the season that one random guy that uh, I can't remember who he he worked for, but there was like a Siri touched him and had this vision of him getting shot with an arrow in the throat, and then it happens, oh, and then yeah. he's just not in the show anymore. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why that just came to mind. But it's stuff like that, dude. Where you're like, why is this in here? What was the point of yeah. that? And we never go back to it. I bet it's to set up something in season four that they don't set up well at all. Uh, and they probably won't have to worry about uh, the payoff for it. It doesn't even matter now, yeah. No. Okay, so but, And then we get the... So Siri heads back to Aratuza, Aratuza, whatever. And Geralt gets in a fight with Vilgefortz. And Geralt loses, which is fine. But they do a terrible job, in my opinion... Of showing, like, how bad Geralt's injuries are from Force that he loses. Uh, yeah, they, it's pretty pathetic. And that really does go back to what like we were saying before. I could have been better, too. Yeah, oh, yeah, me too. Um, th- there were moments where I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then there were other moments where I was like, oh, that was goofy. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, yeah, so he gets, he gets injured pretty badly. Like, they make it out to be like he's on the verge of death. But he kind of has some like cuts and scrapes and maybe a broken leg. That's the way it really came off, and that's and why somehow he got like tossed into. I don't know. At he some was point, like he imp- got into the ocean. Yeah, somehow he managed to get into the ocean, and I think what it, they just moved him into the ocean, so it looked more dramatic when um, Triss finds him. <laughs> yeah, and I, I like I was confused. Is like did the tide come in? Uh, maybe, and, like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. It's a quick tie. At this point, I don't care. Yeah. I'm like, and it would have seemed like he would have floated down to the bottom, but whatever. You know, who am I to? Uh, who am I to care at this point? But um, yeah, the the and the dialogue is beyond cheesy. In yeah. this show, yeah. It, even between Geralt and Bilgeforts, it's just. It's weird and awkward, and there are like times where it kind of feels like Henry Cavill's phoning it in. Yes, like especially he knows. in a couple That's of what the fights. A couple of the fights. We yeah. Yes. Go ahead. Um, no, I just I, I'm pretty sure that's what it was in the in the fight with Vilgefortz. There were a couple moments where it just it didn't feel like because if you if you go if you watch the fight from the last episode where he he's just he's fighting all those Nilfgaard soldiers. Yeah, it's pretty well done. Um, the choreography, like everything, looks right, makes sense, feels very visceral. I mean, yeah, you still have the stupid CG blood, but well, uh, put putting that aside, um, I, I thought it was decent, and um, so you can really tell when Henry Cavill is trying and when he's not trying. Um, yeah, and season <laughs> one—that's the thing with season one. No matter what you thought about season one. I remember the fight scenes being choreographed really well, like that, especially with Renfri. Yeah, they're uh, they're just all right. I, I think the the most of the choreography in this has always been pretty, bull, like average to below average. I, there's mm-hmm. there's nothing in it that has ever been like, oh shoot, this is really good. Um, there's stuff here and there. Um, even in the last episode, that brawl in the tavern, uh, with the random like, you know, misfit 
group that finds Siri yeah. or whatever. There's a couple moments in that that, are, that I was like, oh, okay, that was actually pretty cool. Um, but again, it's like few and far between with this stuff where sometimes it it works well enough and then the rest of the time it's like, eh, it just isn't that, it's confusing yeah. or and, just not that interesting. But like getting on with Geralt's wounds, I wanted to say what they should have shown is Vilgefort's crushing like his arms, Geralt getting his, you know, both his legs caved in, um, you know, just getting basically pounded and beat to a pulp, you know, to where you really can yeah. see all of his injuries. Dude, the queen elf, but, the queen elf looked like she had it worse than he did with all the yeah. blood, like all over her. You know what I mean? So, um, can, okay. That so that pretty much sums up episode six. And that's really, we can talk about seven kind of, but it's stupid. It's so stupid. Talk about like a filler episode. Did, did we really need an hour of Siri wandering around in the desert so that, she can realize she should use fire magic and we can move on. Yeah. She they, encounters they, terrible monsters and fearful hallucinations basically. And and a uh and a uh unicorn. Yeah. And and, that's and it. uh uh she gets a tan and blisters. Yeah, and she eats a lizard that gives her hallucinate did you say that? She gets hallucinations from the lizard, I yeah, think. Yeah, she gets poisoned, too. And and then she meets the elf statue from the first episode. <laughs> yeah, I think I think what they're attempting to display in episode seven that they do a very poor job of is Siri trying to come to an understanding of her own powers and abilities and grappling with that. Yeah. Um, along with her destiny and her fate and grappling with what that means for her ultimately uh and it's just a boring mess you know how a boring mess uh you you know how like when we've been reviewing this um season two included we would get comments from people all the time where they would be like but series the main character yeah episode seven is that energy yeah no 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 they and with even how it ends when uh series finally kills that captor she has her first kill like this going forward this is going to if there if there is a season four actually made this yeah. is going to be the series show it's yeah. already yeah. been yeah. pretty much the Jennifer and series show with Geralt here and there and now it's listen, purely just going to be the series show I, I've I've said before in somewhat of the defense of Jennifer and series actresses that like I don't hate them I don't I don't think there's really anything wrong with them I, I think the direction and the writing is the biggest problem with the show yeah. Is it like Siri just kind of exists in this world and well, this occasionally we, has something to do? And this is what we talk about when you don't have a passion for the source material. And then as well as not having basic respect for the fans who care about the IP yeah. and understanding basic writing, this is what you get. There's it's It's not even just so much like obviously – caring and liking the show uh or the source material is a is a huge part like that matters don't get me wrong but i think i could write an iron man show or iron man movie with a basic understanding of even though he's not my favorite character i don't really care about iron man at all don't give two squats about it but i would at least if i'm a writer have respect for the fans who do and look into okay how can I best write this to where 
it pays service to the fans of this and it honors the source material. You know what I mean? Again, it's not like you have to be a number one fan of something. I think that's very important in my opinion. I think that should be a priority. But you should at least have some basic human decency. Yeah. Yeah. It's just weird. Like, this show, from how I've understood it to the people who've read the books and everything, just... It, and it seems clear to I've never read the books, but it seems clear <laughs> to me. Uh, just craps all over the source material. Doesn't care. Even with the casting, just different things in writing and stuff. But, yeah, episode seven is... Is a waste, dude. You could have, you literally, someone could have said, okay, in episode seven, she in, she's in the desert. Uh, she goes through some trials. She meets a unicorn. She meets a random uh, lady who is the, actually the statue from the first episode, if you even remember that. Um, she gets tempted. Uh, her mother shows up. Uh, she decides that it's okay for her to use fire magic, and the episode's over. You could have told me that in about 30 seconds, and I could have skipped an hour of the show, and it wouldn't have mattered. In fact, you could just skip it without an explanation, and it still wouldn't matter, because Siri would show up captured for whatever reason. Um, And, you know, it's about as much explanation as we got of how the Elf Tower in Rings of Power went down, um, if they just skipped (laughs) out. And how the Elves got captured. Yeah. You know, like the fight that apparently happened that we don't get to see. Yeah, if you just, it's it's the equivalent, like if they just skipped that episode in series now captured at the end of that and goes through her whole thing, and and people probably would have just been like, oh yeah, right, she got captured or whatever by this guy when she teleported away. So we can move on. And it's like, you would have saved an hour, but they they had to spend a whole hour on this episode. You know, Hello? 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 Hey, hey, you Hello? There? Yeah. I had a little okay. uh, a little hiccup. Oh, you're good. I think we're back. We're good. Are we live? Yeah, we're live. We're we're still okay. I'm sorry everyone. My my internet had a hiccup for some reason. That was weird. <laughs> uh you're there, right? We're good? Yeah, I'm okay. Here. We're good. So uh I don't know. I'll just mention this about the editing um one more time. So I, I wonder about the editing in this and the way that the people who have to actually sit down and put the show together, if they're looking at this thing, like, like, how do I make this make sense? Um, because a lot of the storytelling on the, it does come from the back end. Um, so you, you, you film everything you, uh, and I, I don't, they, I don't think traditionally in Hollywood they do like linear, uh, uh, filming so it's all kind of dependent on what they need to get done and either whether they need to be outside inside when the weather's going to be best like all of that kind of deal but you I, I you have an idea of how the script is laid out and so as an editor you you are trying to put everything together in an in order that makes sense um that uh conveys like the plot well for people um and like knowing when you need to put certain things in, when to leave certain things out. Um, so I have to imagine that some of the people who helped edit the show knew at some point they're like, this is bad. Like, I don't e- I like I would have struggled, man, to try to put something together. It would have been really frustrating um, trying to figure out like, and dude, I wonder about some of the stuff that got left on the cutting room floor. 
like that they didn't end up <laughs> Dude, using. You know what? I, after seeing uh, this, um, I was thinking, I really wish they re- released the Batgirl movie. <laughs> I know. I want to see it. Release the Batgirl cut. Yeah. Start a movement. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, Jenna. Lauren Histrich these- doesn't want us to uh, talk about her show anymore. Yeah, right. And uh, it gets even better with Geralt because then he's sent to the Dryads for healing. Uh, oh, yeah. And we spend forever and nine days there, and they introduce a new character oh, now dude. that's going to be with their the, the troop, Geralt um, and Yaskir, and then Elf Lady. I, I don't remember her name. If they yeah. Say it. I don't even and know if they did. Then it doesn't even matter, like, him going to there for healing because then Yennefer shows up to provide all the healing. And yeah, she just, just makes it all, yep. all pointless. Yep. And we could have literally skipped all that and Yennefer could have could have come came to him. Like I feel like there would have been a way for Trish to let Yennefer know, hey, Geralt is di-. doesn't Yennefer know Geralt? I feel like she makes a comment in episode six or seven, somewhere in there she understands that he is injured and hurting really bad. So it would have made sense that he would have got, she would have gone after him. But the excuse they gave in the show was like, well, she lost Siri and she didn't have Siri. So she didn't want to show up without Siri. Yeah. I don't know, man. I wish I had, I wish I had an answer for you. Um, Oh, you know, and we didn't really mention that uh, they sort of continue Yaskier's romance with... Uh, oh, my gosh. Oh, his name's slipping my mind. Radovid. Radovid, thank you. Um, yeah, they, like, try to do this whole thing where, like, Yaskier's upset because Radovid was using him. And I'm like, bro, you're, you notoriously sleep with everyone. You're upset about, like... It, it doesn't make sense. Like, you guys knew each other for a couple days... And he like the way that they're making it out to be is it's like the worst thing that's ever happened to him. It's like, come on, man. It's like they're so inconsistent with his character. They really are, and it doesn't add up. It's supposed to be right after they, you know, have their little love fest. Yes. And um, Radovid's supposed to be the one that captures Siri. Basically, that doesn't end up happening for whatever stupid reason. And then Yaskir is obviously on to him, and then blah, 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 no one cares, and they all die, and we get a lot happier. Uh, no, but then you get the whole scene of them in back in... There's that scene with them back in Redania, and Dijkstra and Philippa have made it back, and the king wants to kill Philippa to make someone punish because everyone's... because he's mad and other people are mad <laughs> that they didn't take control of the mages. Yeah. Um and then Philippa just has the king killed from her servant that she was oh, weird with. Oh yeah, other. that weird, the probably the weirdest scene in the entire series. That was like, yeah. uh, uh. <laughs> like what's happening here? <laughs> it's like an exorcism, dude. <sighs> Gouge my eyes out. Uh, but and that companion, what was her name? That that was Milva and at the end scene with there with the Nilf guardians. Um, she shoots like three arrows at one time, luckily and kills all three of them. It's just like, come Oh, on. she, the, remember that part where she, is it her? She's the one that turns into the bird, right? The owl. 
That's Philippa. Philippa. Yeah. Remember when Philippa um, saves Dijkstra by murdering a guy as an owl, and that completely makes sense for some reason? <laughs> Just randomly. Like, bro, a grown man can't kill an owl? I, yeah. Uh, like, what? I mean, I get it's magic, but, like, what? <laughs> so, can't defend. Can't defend against the almighty owl. Yeah, it's so stupid. Like, it would have been cool. Like, it could have been cool if she, like, in mid-flight turns into herself and, like, stabs him in the face or something. But, like, no, nah, yeah. it's, it's not. Nope, that's not what we get. And then in the end, as you stated earlier, fake Siri gets brought to Mir. Um, but I feel like that's something that Nithgard would find out pretty soon, you know? Yeah. Like, they're not going to, they're not. I don't know. It, it, the the king of um, Nilfgaard has spent the entire series standing around. So, yeah, man, I don't know. <laughs> well, I got some more things to say. I am glad they finally showed Geralt making a potion. But why didn't Geralt drink a freaking potion before he went into the cave where he knew something terrible was probably waiting for him yeah I, you know what i mean it does that doesn't make sense you know he just tends not to use magic and use magic when it's convenient um so that was that was just odd uh frangilla's character arc is weird too like why is she helping the people that screwed her over the most Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. In Nilfgaard, I don't fully understand that. And why is the queen elf lady, Francesca, I think's her name, why is she... I don't understand why Frangilla felt it was necessary to reveal to her that she was the useful tool in Emir's scheme. Like, I guess she's trying to convince her to go on with whatever plan they have hatched that we don't also get to this season as well. Yeah. They've hatched some plan during the ceremony to where Francesca's like, we're going to make Amir pay, and, or I'm going to make Amir pay, and you're going to pay too for killing my daughter. And then it's just nothing. It's just very, like that last episode just kind of goes out like a wet fart. Yeah. <laughs> and I just want to reiterate how boring that freaking episode of Siri in the Desert was. <laughs> just like excruciating. That was so difficult to get yeah. through. That's why I texted you and I said, You're going to love episode seven. Yeah, I was wondering if that, I was just like, Holy smokes. It's, it is a incredibly difficult show to watch. <laughs> yeah. I still can't get over the fact that they introduced Milva, a new character, at the end of the freaking episode, I like know. right at the end of the episode. I know. Well, and then they just killed off the king just to, um, the king elf just to, uh, show just to, it was a contrived reason to get Francesca to show some emotion. Yeah, probably. Yeah, kind of like with Askel in season freaking two when they did that to him. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I, dude, I don't have anything else to say about the show. I, you know, we're. This is what's the, the moral of the story. What's the moral of the story? So with Geralt, 
it would be protect those you love and care about. Sure. With Siri, it's to travel in a desert for an entire episode <laughs> to make everyone hate the show. For Unifer, it's to protect those you love and care about. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean... And then they randomly introduced that new... Um, they didn't even do a good job of it. The, what's the... Scaly egg? Scal- There's that one scene. What's that? Who is it a person? No, it's the the, the region. Skellige. Um Skellige, yes. They introduced Skellige in a bad way again. Oh bro. Um, I totally missed that. With Yennefer sitting in that tavern. And that dude, that random character comes in there and oh, that white dude, I don't know. I don't think they mentioned his name. And he's talking to her about Siri or whatnot. Yeah. Oh, dude. I must have and just zoned out for that, a minute. Like, if, if Siri's on the way to Emir, then that means that... Uh, what's the name of the region again? Skellige? Skellige. Skellige. I know. Skellige. That means, that means Skellige is going to side with Emir because yeah. of Princess Cirilla. And then just... not. Uh, man, freaking waste of a show. <laughs> Dude, I honestly don't remember that at all. Dude, they could have think of the wasted freaking Shilliga. potential. Oh yeah. What a waste of time, like, dude. And the wasted potential in The Witcher. They yeah. could have I mean, how vibrant would it have been? You start out in season one and you introduce the world through Geralt's eyes. You do his character study, your monster of the wheat type deal to where he's traveling to this region, that region, this kingdom, that kingdom. You're getting to uh, get familiar with the world. Sure, you can start. You can introduce some Yennefer in that season and Trish. No big deal. But the first season is primarily focused on Geralt, right? And then in season two, maybe at the end of season one, is kind of where you introduce Princess Ciri, like they did in episode one, like with the Law of Surprise. Like that's kind of where it ends up with Geralt there, and then you could progress into that storyline into season two with some more uh, world building and everything, but man, they just suck. <laughs> yeah, there was definitely a better way to go about it. Um, I'm actually s- about to start reading Last Wish. Um, I'm taking it to the beach with me, so I'm trying to... Oh. I had to slow down reading a lot, um, just trying to make time to do everything and, you know leisurely reading is is tough I, it's what i kind of like about comics because it's pretty in and out you know you don't have to do uh you don't have to do a ton yeah. there are um, you um how long are you gonna be at the beach for about a week so from this week to next so our next episode won't be until august 7th is that correct yes that's correct okay yeah that monday um but yeah, I, I you know the first um, the first book is like short stories, uh, right. which is kind of what where the idea of the monster of the week thing came from, a mix of the video games. Because let's and this is the, the thing that unfortunately with a lot of book readers, they're not honest about this. The reason that The Witcher is so popular is because of the video games, not because of the books. Yes, and, it's, the and specifically read- Witcher Three. Yes, and the reason why people enjoy the books and enjoy the video games is because of who, David? Geralt. Geralt, yes. I was going to say CD Projekt Red, but yeah, Geralt. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, so. Yeah. Uh, again, and it goes back to the video games with that because he, you know, in the, the well, you do in Witcher 3, but the main person that you play as in the games that are called The Witcher, The Witcher 2, and The Witcher 3, it's Geralt. It's not Siri. You know, yep. <laughs> it's there's a re- there is a reason for that, and it's because he's supposed to be the main character. Exactly. Uh, so it's yeah, I've just that argument has never worked, <laughs> and people keep trying to convince us of it. They're like, "But she's the main character." It's like, it's not, guys. You know, it's not called the Siri. Yeah. It's about to be. Oh yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> I'm like, just go ahead and make her into a witcher so we can just move on from freaking Geralt at all. Yeah. But all right, man. Yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say. Yeah. Uh, Jenna says, the games weren't that great, to be honest, though. I like two and three. One is, uh, one needs a remake for sure. Um, Jenna. It's don't you. Bad take bring. by Jenna. Boo. Yeah. Don't you bring that blast to me. <laughs> Come on, troll room. Do better, troll room. Do better. Yeah. Um, do, you got to do the work, Jenna. Yeah, got to do the work, Jenna. Golly. I expect an official apology <laughs> and let us know who you've allied with to rectify <laughs> your horrid beliefs and ideology. <laughs> All right. Well, we have been going for two hours and 20 13 minutes so i think this is a good place to stop um lots to talk about with those two um i'm sure there's something that we've forgotten i there's definitely things we've forgotten i the witcher stuff was one of those things that i was just glad to be done with it you know (laughs) it's like i mm. um we'll be back uh in i guess roughly a week to uh maybe talk about sound of freedom um Maybe I can. We'll see. Yeah, we'll we'll figure out exactly what we're doing. But thank you guys so much uh, for tuning in uh, to another episode of the Underground. This was episode one forty four. Um, and until next time, y'all take it easy. Come on, Barbie. Let's go patriarchy. <laughs>